A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed, the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a very special guest on the podcast introducing the winner of Chow House. She is a private chef and the last one standing in the iconic Tuscan villa. It's Natalia Rosario. Natalia, welcome to the podcast and congratulations on winning Chow House. How are you feeling now that you can celebrate openly? Oh my God, I feel so good. It's been almost a year of just like holding it in that nobody knows. You can't say anything. And then when the show started, you know, like knowing that I am the winner at the end, you know, uh-huh. and it's just the anticipation. I'm just so excited. This is such a huge opportunity for me. And I really, you have no idea how happy and excited I am. Well, we are so happy and excited for you. I want to take it back. Let's start from the beginning. Can you share with us the story of how you were initially, you know, cast for the show? So I had done other shows for the Food Network. I've done Beat Bobby Flay and Shop Next Gen. So through there, they contacted me and asked me if I wanted to be part of, like, if I wanted to do the casting process for Shell House. And I'm like, are you serious? Are you (laughs) sending me to, like, you want me to cast for a show that's going to get filmed in Italy? Like, a paid vacation in Italy? Well, not vacation, (laughs) right? But yes, of course, I'm I'm in. And I did the whole process and... At the beginning, they were like, okay, it's it might shoot in April. And then April came and I didn't hear anything. Mm. I was like, oh, gosh, there goes my Italian vacation, you know? <laughs> and yeah, so then they called me in May. They did one more interview. And then I got the call like, so, you know, we want you for the show and you're in. And I just that day... When I got the call, I was walking in downtown Chicago and I had my AirPods on and I was listening <laughs> to the Bee Gees. <laughs> and this more than a woman came up and I just felt like I was in a movie. I was just, I can't believe that I'm going to go 
film this competition show in Italy it just felt like a dream. It still feels like it was all a dream. Yeah, I'm sure it does. And after you got that call, like, were you allowed to tell anybody or did you have to keep everything a secret? I had to keep everything, absolutely everything a secret. You know, like, I was even like, so scared of even posting a story on the plane, like, I'm on my way to Italy, you know, I was, (laughs) I was terrified, you know, I was, I thought that, you know, they were going to like, automatically eliminate me if I'd said something. Obviously, the only people that knew were my parents. And that was and my boss. And that was about it. You mentioned that you have, you know, experience doing competition shows. You also have a, a ton of experience working at Michelin star restaurants. So how much do you think that that training helped you not only get cast, but also succeed on the show? Oh, my God. It helped me so much. And, and you know, just a separate point from that. I'm 30 right now. And I started since I graduated culinary school and, you know, all this fine dining restaurants. And they're so hard to work at. And I feel like when you start in that ambience of like really, really fine dining and being so tough, it like helps you lead a path to where it led me today with the Shao House, you know, and winning the techniques that I acquired. It's something that you don't really get to grab in other type of restaurants. So it really paved my way to winning the show. And and also like the mindset, you know, like you you go in, you just listen you focus on what you have to do and then you try to make the best out of it. Also adding the pressure that, you know, thousands of people are going to see you around the world. And, <laughs> you know, you can't mess this up. In the show, you also kind of shared how you underwent a tendon transplant in your foot about a year before shooting this show. And you didn't see yourself being able to continue your career after that surgery or even, you know, being able to to stand for ex- extended periods of time. After going through all that, what does this mean to you? Well, you know, this really means a lot to me. And I've, I've received a lot of backlash on social media about it. And it's really hard. People need to understand that I lost mobility on my toes, on my right foot for the rest of my life. So it's like learning how to walk again. And I'm still awaiting two more surgeries and I can't do prolonged standing. But, you know, sometimes people, oh my God, I feel so bad for you. But no, it's been, you know, it's been the best thing that has ever happened to me. Because it really? has been, yeah, it has been able to, change me what is it that I wanted to do with the rest of my life you know like before Mm -hmm. I was just so focused on I'm gonna stay in the Michelin world and essentially just waiting for the next person to quit till you eventually become an executive chef God knows until when that happens and then eventually open up my restaurant and try to shoot for a Michelin star you know that's not healthy that's Mm -hmm. not that's not okay and now with the food, it has been a, I've been able to like chef, okay, what else can I do in my career that I don't have to leave the industry? Because at first the doctor, when they told me you're going to have to get a tendon transplant, you're going to, you can't do prolonged standing anymore and you're going to lose mobility on your toes. The doctor w- told me you need to consider a career change or find something that, cause you're not going to be able to do 12, 15 hour shifts in a restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. you might be, you might feel like you're going to be able to do it, but eventually a couple months later, you're going to be back here and all the job that we did, it's just not going to help you. And going down along the road, it can even like affect you of like, not even like having 
the end call at all. So how did that kind of lead into, you know, landing with like the private chef career path? Yes. So actually, when I went to film Shop Next Gen, I met one of the producers. And when I did Shop Next Gen, that was my first competition show. And that was three days before my surgery was about to happen. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I thought that like, God was giving me like this opportunity to go on the Food Network show as a goodbye to all of this. Because I was sad, you know, like I was looking into going to law school, you know, yeah, which has nothing to do with this. (laughs) And, And she knew about this story. So she called me two months later and she's like, hey, thought about you. And I know this headhunter. And I think this might be a good idea for you to explore because it will help you with your recovery. So I checked it out. I did. I talked to the headhunter. I did a private dinner for the private family. And it was great. You know, it's it's amazing because it has helped me recover in an amazing way. You know, I can just figure out and organize myself to do the private dinner without doing the pro-line standing mm-hmm. and still pushing, like promoting me to be more creative, you know, because now it's not like you're in a restaurant, you know, you do a menu every day and then, you know, based on on what you want and what the people like. And it's so much more fun to have like that contact with the people versus when you're in like a restaurant that sometimes you're just back in the kitchen and you don't get to interact. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It has been able to shift me the surgery really into doing this type of stuff. Now I'm working on a cookbook as well. Let's talk about this Italian vacation that you got to go on. Had you traveled to Italy before filming the show? No, I've never been to Italy before filming the show. Can you imagine that? That's, so that was, I mean, it's your first time is competing and winning Chow House. How crazy is that? It's crazy. And, and you know, I am not, I don't have an Italian background, but my mom was like obsessed with like <laughs> Italy. In, in the 90s, when she went to college, she won a scholarship to go study in Italy. And then she got pregnant with me. So she oh. couldn't go to Italy. And she had spent like four years learning Italian. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was bad. And actually, like before her giving birth to me, her last meal was an Italian pasta. <laughs> so so maybe you were destined for this, you know, from birth. <laughs> I think so. I really do think so. <laughs> well, we're going to talk more about that story a little bit later, too, because it definitely played into the dish you created in the finale. But, you know, this competition was very unique in that the contestants, you all lived together in this beautiful Tuscan villa What was it actually like, you know, cohabitating with your fellow competitors? You know, it was for me personally, I live in Chicago by myself. Mm -hmm. So and, you know, like it's basically kind of like just work and home and then you kind of get to hang out with your friends on the weekend. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was in a room with all the girls. So for me, it was super fun. It was like having a sleepover with your best (laughs) friends for a month. And it just worked out great, you know, like sharing products and like and makeup and, you know, it literally just felt like having a huge sleepover. It was fun. I feel like the hardest part sleeping all together was when someone would get eliminated, you know, and then Mm -hmm. they're gone. And that's like kind of like sad. So there was a point that in my room, it was just me in my room. Back again to me and (laughs) lonely. 
<laughs> Did you know who you were going to be competing against before you got there? Or was it really a surprise when you arrived? It was really a surprise. And I'm not going to lie. I did try to find a way to figure <laughs> out who these other people were, but it was all a surprise. You know, once we got to Florence, you know, they had us in a hotel and because of the COVID protocol, we stayed there for like a week and you were just basically confined to your room. And when <laughs> you go have breakfast, you have somebody watching you like, don't talk, don't look at anyone, don't breathe almost. And You know, you can kind of see there's like a there's kind of like a chef stereotype going on. You know, like you see like a person. I think that might be a chef from the show. Too. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. You're trying to scope out the competition before you actually yes. started competing. Speaking of the competition, you know, this is all taking place under the watchful eye of Alex Gornishelli, who I mean, she's so incredible, so talented, but she can be tough. What was it like to kind of be under her watch for this for this filming? Oh, my God. Before. So this was my first time meeting her. And I've always felt when I've seen her show that she's so intimidating mm -hmm. and super tough. And when I saw her, I was, oh, my God, I was so nervous. I was like, there's no way I'm winning this show. There's no I'm going to get eliminated on the first episode. <laughs> like, she's really tough. But honestly, I love her. She's such an amazing person. Mm -hmm. And I got to take away so many like tips from her that, you know, like you just like pick up while like talking to her. She's tough, but it's positive, constructive, like feedback what she gives. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I just I just want to be better in my career. So I take it all even the roughest ones very well from her. I admire her. I respect her. I hope one day to become just like her. She really is a role model to me. And behind the scenes, a lot of the times that we talked, she she did feel like the Tuscan mom that you needed mm. in that moment. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, because then she'll be tougher than she'll be like, you, but you did okay, okay? I'm really proud of you. And it's like, Aww. okay, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, she I mean, I think she's so great because, you know, like you said, it it is all in the spirit of wanting you to improve. Right. Like she's she's trying to help you do that. And then on the other side, you have, I guess we'll call him Uncle Gabe or something of the Tuscan terror. And the Tuscan, but he's not, he's not a terror. I feel like he it was like good cop, bad cop a lot of the times. Like, what was it like to to have his, you know, criticism and critiques as well? Well, He was also no. He is the Tuscan terror. He okay? is he okay. Is it's not coming. Terror. Doesn't come through as much, maybe. Yes, <laughs> and honestly, like I can understand him. You know, we're in his country, we're in his land, where it's his type of food, and he has a mission for people to understand what real Italian food is. And you know, here in the states, we so many people think Italian American is like the traditional food. So Gabe has a huge weight of like promoting that mm -hmm. traditional Italian food. And he just wanted to see the actual like Italian food, not us like making something Italian American. He wanted to respect his roots, which is totally respectable because I would do the same thing if we were shooting a show in my country as well. Mm -hmm. And his criti critics were intimidating, you know, because it's like, this is an Italian chef, you know, this is not an <laughs> Italian American chef. 
And his voice is so Italian too. And he's yeah. so attractive too, you know? <laughs> Makes it even more intimidating, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> did you have a strategy or did you end up forming one throughout the, the course of the competition? Or was, was it more just about like you wanting to cook, you know, your food and do it well? I did have a strategy. And I feel like that strategy allowed me to get to the finale. And, you know, one of the things that I decided that I was going to do, I I wasn't going to talk bad about anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't, not even, not even their food. Because the, the problem is what I consider to be good food or what I consider to be, okay, this is an amazing recipe. It's different for each chef. Everybody has their own style. Everybody has their own techniques. I didn't want to be talking bad about anybody because I didn't want them to be talking bad about me. So I was, <laughs> so I was like, this is like, I don't want the karma to come back at me. And then they're all saying a lot of stuff. And I feel like that showcases. Um, mm-hmm. And I try to stay very humble. That was another one of my strategies. I was staying very humble. And the third one and most important thing that I did, I just took it day by day. I wasn't mm. thinking, I knew that the goal was winning, but I wasn't thinking, okay, I'm going to win this. And I'm going to do anything that I can to do to win this. I was just, okay, today is the challenge. Just accomplish what you have to do for today's challenge. And that's it. I took it day by day. And that helped me really to stay focused on everything, everything that I did throughout the show, really. Yeah, you were humble, but you were confident as well. And I think that that is important, right? Like you have to believe in yourself and your abilities. Do you think that that confidence also kind of helped you through? Yes, I think that confidence definitely helped me to win the show. Because, you know, I know, I trust what I do. I trust what I know. And I trust the expertise that I've acquired throughout the year. And I wanted us to showcase it in the best possible way. But again, taking it day by day, you know, like I'm confident about what I'm serving right now. And, you know, I just hope that people can can see through that and see that I am a talented chef as well. Absolutely. And and not only were you living with your, you know, fellow competitors, but you guys were, you know, competing on teams and then having to vote somebody off. What was that whole dynamic like? Oh my God, they edited it out, but I cry in all the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> because you just felt so bad. Like I just felt so bad because you know, like it's the same emotion for all of us, you know? Mm-hmm. We're all so excited to be in Italy. We all want to win this. We're all talented chefs, you know? And you have to go home because of one mistake. And the thing is that this competition show doesn't define who you are as a chef, you know? Mm-hmm. You can be a great chef and in just a one-minute thing, you didn't do a smart decision and you're out, you know? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're not smart or that you're not a good chef. So I just felt so bad for all of them. Once I had to like leave the the villa and, you know, you were in the world of Shaohaus, you were just kind of wondering after the person got eliminated, what are they doing? Where are they? Did they go back (laughs) to the States? Like what's going on? And then they all showed up again because we had a redemption <laughs> episode. 
I mean, did it get clicky at all with with, you know, alliances, friendships, rivalries that that naturally do form in a situation like that? Yes. You know, a lot of people feel like we did alliances, the girls against Mm -hmm. the boys. But that's not true. You know, Mm. it really wasn't true. We we were all very supportive of each other, you know, and we we were just like friends. We really respected each other along the whole way. I feel like there was some rivalries, of course, because you are competing, but in a very respectful way, you know, like we didn't team up to, oh, let's get this guy eliminated. No, nothing. Not even those conversations happen. And but, yeah, <laughs> I mean, when deciding when you were deciding who to vote off after, you know, a particular challenge, how how much of it was strategy and how much of it was just, you know, eliminating the person who was the weakest link in that particular challenge? It was it was always just we're going to eliminate the person that did the bad decision. You know, mm-hmm. the second episode, you know, we eliminated Trinika because she basically didn't wasn't a good leader at the moment. And, you know, in the third episode, we eliminate Jess because she did the duck she overcooked the duck so you know it was always just based on you were about to sink the boat so you're the person that needs to leave because you're not keeping the boat stable Mm -hmm. what was the mood in the villa like after an elimination it was sad because it was like every day that the every after each elimination it was just like well am i going to be next or is Matt going to be next? Or is Preston going to be next? Or what do they have under their sleeve that they're going to bring bring the next day? And, you know, you just, a part of me j- just wish that we could all win. <laughs> really. Everybody wins, right? Everybody wins. Coming up next, Natalia reveals the hardest part about competing on Chow House and later shares the inspiration behind her final winning dish. What do you think was the hardest part about this particular competition? Like the hardest challenge? Or just like the hardest aspect of of the whole thing? Not knowing. Not knowing. <laughs> the not knowing every day. Every day you ha- we had to wake up depending on the whatever it was that it was going to film that day. You know, sometimes it could be 8 a.m. Sometimes it could be 9 a.m. The waking up, okay, get ready. This is what you're wearing for this day. And just be downstairs at this time. And you don't know what you're walking into. So it was the not knowing that it really creates like lagoons in your mind of like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Are they going to like, you know, and then you would see like the butcher coming in. Oh, my God, are we going to have to like butcher this whole like animal? And then, no, it's not that the challenge, you know, and you start <laughs> just like mind freaking about so many things that could possibly happen in that moment, you know. <laughs> so I think like that, that's the hardest part of all of it. And then the second hardest was, oh, my God. So we had lunch menus and dinner menus, right? Mm-hmm. If you had to go to dinner menu, you're just sitting and waiting until the other team is done filming lunch menu. So, you know, you're sitting there three, four hours 
just freaking out, <laughs> you know, about what's going to happen. You just wish it to be just lunch and over, you know? Mm-hmm. Were you able to, like, if you were on dinner service, were you able to talk with your teammates about stuff or, were, or did you just kind of have to just wait until it was your turn and then everybody starts, you know, strategizing and, and conceptualizing things? We were separated the whole time. If we were like, let's say in a living room, it would be like a five minute timeout. You're, you're in that corner, you're in that corner. And then we would have a person sitting in front of us, making sure that we didn't talk to each other. Oh, wow. So, okay. And then you were always mic'd up. So even if you were to go to the bathroom or like find a corner where you, you think you might think that you can like talk to the other person to strategize. No. Not possible because <laughs> they're hearing you, you know, and they'll come, they will come right up at you like, hey, we, you know, we heard you. And then they will like sit you separately. So y- you're not, you're not able to strategize. And, and that's, that's even harder, you know, because you got to figure out what you're going to have to cook in one minute of strategizing and then cook it in whatever 30 or 50 minute challenge, you know, it's hard. There was a, there was one of the challenges and we had to make, Four different like appetizers, forty in forty five minutes, I think, mm-hmm. and it was in total four, 10 of each. So it's forty components, you know, in forty five wow. minutes, and it was just me and Preston. That was- a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's hard, you know, like that's it's really hard to to to, you know, like figure out everything that you have to do in such a short amount of time and then actually like execute it. What did you learn from your time, you know, kind of interacting with some of the locals in Tuscany and kind of diving into their culture? Well, they have. Well, the thing that I learned the most, you know, is that they'll have like lots of vegetable before eating like an actual like Italian pasta. I feel like what I took the most is, is the simplicity. 
Italian food is not complicated at all. You know, it's it's just the simplicity of using fresh produce, fresh things from the garden, and then just respecting the flavors that the country is giving you. You know, you don't see it like you see over here all this importation of so many products and and so many things in a dish. You know, it's just simple, really good food respecting who they are. It wish wish it's amazing because you know, nowadays I feel like a lot of like the culinary identities in a lot of places are kind of like lost and they still like embrace it and respect it and pass it down through generations as it is. And the you know, the nonas, we had an episode with the nonas mm -hmm. learning, you know, like there's so much it's it's just so amazing to see like an actual nona cooking the pasta. And those big, like, rolling pins that they have, they pass that down through generations, you know? Mm -hmm. So how cool is it that, oh, this is my great-grandmother's rolling pin, you know? <laughs> no, that's incredible. It was so fun to watch. What did it look like for you to incorporate your own heritage and culture into these challenges while still, obviously, respecting, you know, the ingredients and the culture that you were that you were in for this time that, you know, for me, it was really important to respect the culture that I was in because I didn't want to disrespect anyone, you know, any of the viewers with the things that I was making. And one of the things that I feel really proud of incorporating that a lot of people don't know, it's the testarolo, which is actually the most ancient form of pasta dough that exists. And it's super simple. It's just flour, water and salt, and it's cooked very thin like a crepe. And then it's caught in, in trombone. So it kind of looks like a tortilla, but it's not. It's it's completely mm. pasta. And it's normally served with just pesto. And that's it. So being able to incorporate that. And I used a lot of like chilies throughout the show that we had, you know, that represents my roots as, as, as a Latina. It was important to me to bring on, bring in the spiciness, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then. And then in the finale, you made this beautiful sunflower ravioli that was super creative, detailed. It was very much praised by the judges for that creativity. And you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier in this conversation. Can you tell us about the inspiration behind that that final dish? So the challenge was to make two course fine dining menu, right? And as I mentioned before, I went to Italy and my story that brings me there is, is, is my mom, right? And we used to plant sunflowers all the time in my house in Puerto Rico growing up. And when we got to Italy, I didn't know, like, Tuscany was just, like, filled with sunflowers everywhere. Mm. And and that's my favorite flower. And I didn't know that they use sunflower oil instead of canola oil. And that's why they have so many fields of it. So I wanted to be able to represent my mom and the sunflowers of Tuscany. I did this sunflower ravioli in honor of her and in honor of the land of Tuscany that we were. And we had, I put around the ravioli alore. And it turns out that Gabe told me that in Italy, it represents good luck. And I didn't know oh. that. And I put it around the whole dish and I had them, I wanted them to smell the alore and then continue to eat the ravioli as a reminder of what Tuscany smells like. So it was a sensorial experience, right? 
And, you know, it was so complicated. Let me say this. <laughs> I, I don't know why I decided to complicate myself. There was a moment that I thought that I was just like, I even like, I think I laugh a couple of times. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make it, you know, like I'm not, <laughs> at this point, you know, at least I finished top two because I decided that I wanted to use a crab inside the ravioli. <laughs> And we went to the market in Florence and, you know, I thought that I was going to be able to get crab meat. Yeah. Surprise. I had to buy the whole crab. <laughs> live crab. Live crab. <laughs> and I had to kill the crab, make the pasta, make two types of different pasta, you know, clean mm -hmm. the crab, make the Philly and then do the second dish as well. And that I'm so proud of that dish. I'm so proud to be able to represent my mom, Tuscany, and everything that that I picked up. And then the second dish, I feel very proud of too. I wanted in my head when I was thinking of executing the dish, I wanted to be able to represent all the challenges that we had throughout the show in one dish, right? So we had the truffle challenge, we 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 had the wine challenge we had the meat challenge and i wanted to call it a rabbit in tuscan sounds beautiful right <laughs> yeah and so it's kind of like a circle and it's rabbit loin wrapped in tuscan prosciutto and tuscan prosciutto is a thing right everything mm -hmm. that i used on that dish it was tuscan mushrooms Tuscan prosciutto, you know, which it's different to other type of mushrooms and, and prosciutto that are found there. So the rabbit loin is wrapped in the Tuscan prosciutto. I grilled grapes and did a Chianti reduction with it. And then it had to lean potatoes that had truffle and then chip a, a potato chip on top of that. And, you know, it, it just represented that like kind of like circle of life. Of course, I'm going to be honest with you. The potatoes, I wanted to do a potato cannoli. And then they were <laughs> informing, you know, so that you just have to, you know, it's like, I feel like the going on this competition show, it's just like in life, you know, like you, you just have to like figure it out and think mm -hmm. fast and execute it very, very well. Yeah, you have to adapt. And yeah. you did exactly that. And I love that there were two female chefs left standing at the very end. What was it like to come down to the bottom two with a fellow chef that you respect like Saba? Yes, you know, I respect her so much. And when we were filming the finale, I had bought duck fat because my ravioli also had a I had duck fat with the crab. And, you know, when we were in the kitchen, she asked me, hey, can I use, can I have some of your duck fat? She's competing against me, you know? <laughs> like, I could have said no, yeah. because I want to win this. And instead, I gave her the duck fat and she cooked potatoes in, in duck fat, which were delicious, you know? And that could have made her won and that could have made me lost, you know? But it's it's important to say it because, you know, like we are competing against each other, but we still respect each other and we still support each other. And just because we're competing against each other, I'm not going to let you, you know, like fail. I also want you to do good. And, you know, Saba is so talented and, and she's she's I have so much respect for her. We call her Maba Saba on the <laughs> show. She kind of kept us together. So it was like nice having her. 
having her around and you know having two women at the end this is you know food network's first international competition show mm -hmm. and you know throughout the show i feel like you know there was a lot of like pressure to towards like oh you know the finale should be preston and curry and we still see in social media today the finale should be preston and curry well you know like women need to be recognized too you mm -hmm. know and 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 we 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 need that support too and it's amazing that it came down to the last of us when in the when in the previous episode we were competing against each other you know Mm -hmm. We were no, competing, and, I mean, together. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Together. And yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, Corey had his chance, you know, at the very end as well to to still maybe overtake you two. And he still, you know, finished third. So I think that that says a lot about, you know, the judges getting it right, you know, throughout the course of the competition, even though he had that final chance to come in and, and potentially, you know, swoop that 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 championship that you actually did win and the winner receives a once in a lifetime opportunity to train across Italy with world renowned chefs. Where are you in that process? Has it started yet? What what's happening with that? Well, my hotel just got booked yesterday. Oh. Yes. Ooh. So I am leaving July 8 to okay. Italy and I'll be there for a month. Okay. And it's amazing. It's still in the process of I, I already know just like two chefs that I'm meeting, but it's still getting organized. So I don't have a lot of like information yet, but I will be moving across a couple of cities. I believe the only city that I'm not going to is Sicily. Okay. Yes. What are you looking forward to the most? Oh my God. I can't pick one because it's just like, <laughs> it's just like everything, you know, I'm just really, this is, you know, this has been a dream for me to like go stash in Europe since forever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being able to now going back to like Michelin star restaurants, but in Europe, they're so, they're so innovative. You know, I feel like they're one step ahead of us in a lot mm -hmm. of things. So I'm like really looking forward to seeing how they incorporate, you know, that simplicity of Italian food into now this like really refined dining dishes. Well, I can't wait to follow along on social media after that amazing month in Italy. What yes. what comes next for you? Well, what comes next is I'll be doing a lot of pop-ups across mm -hmm. the States and in Mexico as well. And I'm hoping to have my cookbook finished for December. And amazing. once that's said, there's I'm going to be opening up my own restaurant. Amazing. Yes. Is that like anything, any details that you can share with that? Or is it still all in concept right now? It's still all in concept. It's going to be in Chicago. And I am hoping to incorporate a lot of like my Latin roots with Italian roots. You know, I worked for Elena Regadas when I lived in Mexico. She just right now won Best Female Chef of the World. And she incorporates Italian food with Mexican flavors. And she was my mentor for a long time. So, you know, now I want to do basically incorporating those Italian flavors, but with Puerto Rican flavors mm. in Chicago. And so I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about what, you know, this once in a lifetime opportunity is going to bring to create this amazing restaurant that I hope it's going to be. 
Well, congratulations. I'm sure it will be just as amazing as your time on Chow House. And we're going to finish things off with a little rapid fire round. And then we have one final question that we ask everybody here on the podcast. All right. So rapid fire questions. Favorite pasta shape? Farfalle. All right. Downtime activity in the villa? Eating noco frito. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite Italian word? Andiamo. What does that mean? Let's go. Let's go. Describe your culinary style in three words. In three words, contemporary, creative, colorful. Okay. Love that. Where do you get your inspiration? Art. And your favorite summer activity? Jazz festivals. (laughs) I love that one. All right. The last question is not rapid fire and you can spend as much time as you want on this. There are no rules either. And we just want to know what would be on the menu for your perfect food day. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, you can time travel, spend absurd amounts of money, be served by any chef alive or dead. It's your day. We just want to hear about it. Wow. That's a hard question. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, breakfast, I feel like I'm going to be a really basic person and say cinnamon roll pancakes. Oh, Uh, yeah. Wait, I don't know if I've ever heard of cinnamon roll pancakes. Oh, my God. Kind of mashed together. Yeah. What is that? They're kind of like smashed together and then they have like a cream cheese frosting and then Mm. this like brown butter sugar. It's amazing. They have it here in a restaurant in Chicago and I... I avoid going there a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I think, okay, so then lunch, definitely. There's a restaurant here in Chicago called Monteverde, and Mm -hmm. they make this amazing ravioli, and it's it's like a ravioli with morels and ramps, and I love it so much. And then I think for dinner, actually, I'll take it back. For lunch, probably (laughs) Puerto Rican food. I'll probably you can have both, by the way. You can uh, have can the ravioli have and yeah, okay, whatever you want. I think that for lunch, I will have the ravioli and then hibarito, which it's like a plantain sandwich instead of bread. It's plantain. I'll definitely have a guava flan in there, and I think for dinner. Oh my god, this is so hard! <laughs> I just want everything. Okay, I'm trying not to take it Italian, but then everything goes back to Italian. <laughs> An asparagus risotto with burrata. Oh, that sounds lovely. And are you doing dessert? Are you a dessert girl? Yes, I'm a huge dessert girl, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the pancakes, right? Yes. <laughs> um, wow, I think... Oh my God, this is so hard. I said I love everything. I think <laughs> I think that I think that dessert will be cheesecake. Okay. All right, that's it. Cheesecake. Any cheesecake. particular flavor or just like a plain like standard cheesecake? Actually, I take it back. Again. <laughs> Love it. Okay. You're like I've thought about some more. <laughs> if I had to have the the last dessert, it would be Alinea here in Chicago. They uh, we used to have Palo Santo ice cream with the shard pineapple and Palo Santo smoke. It's been three years that that has been on the menu, and it's been the most amazing dessert that I've ever had in my life. All right. So you bring that back for your your perfect food day. Bring that back. And, you know, in my perfect food day, Royster, which is another one of the outlets that the Alinea Group has, they they have this chamomile brine 
fried chicken with chamomile spice on it. And it's just unbelievable. It's just like another thing. It's out of the store. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like a fantastic food day. And it's been so fun getting to chat with you about your huge Chow House win. So congratulations once again. We cannot wait to see what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You can catch Natalia and binge the entire season of Chow House streaming now on Max. Make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.